Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. My name is Greg Mahochko. I'm joined, as always, by my fellow Husker fan, broadcast buddy, and good friend, Hoss Reuter. Hoss, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well this evening. Just kind of still uh, stinging from that loss to Purdue. How are you? Uh, I'll, I'll let the sound effect, which is a real-life sound effect, answer that question for me it, it's it's one of those weeks it's it's one of those nights and i feel like if you're going to talk with someone about wisconsin badger football you should probably have a cold one in your hand and with that we introduce our guest from bucky's fifth quarter it is jake kokorowski i got it right right jake yeah, you got it right. Thank well done, sir. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us on, on your show. I know that uh, you're coming straight to our podcast, uh, straight to our studios from uh, one of your podcasts. So uh, quick plug where, uh, you know, if there's any Husker fans who want to uh, listen in on, on some enemy conversation, where, where could they find the, the, the podcast you just listened to or you just recorded? Yeah, actually, we do two here uh, for Bucky's fifth quarter because uh, I, you know, no rest for the weary, right? Right. So there, uh, we got uh, the one I do uh, with my my co-host Scott Wisniewski. We've done it for six, seven years now, called the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza because uh, we're both Polish. We got both got the SKIs on it, and uh, we we've done that. We've t- we talk more broadly Wisconsin sports, not just the Badgers. So if you want to talk about uh, Milwaukee Brewers, we just talked about them winning the NL Central uh, and obviously having home field throughout the, the National League uh, for the playoffs, uh, if they can get past Colorado. But then, uh, you know, we do talk Brewers, Bucks, Badgers on that podcast. Uh, but, you know, the one that we do, and we do it every Tuesday night, actually, live from a restaurant here in town. And so if any Husker fans are in Madison, make sure you guys check out Beer Rock. Uh, they they have Beer Rocks. Uh, I know those are pretty popular. And, and they actually had Barry Alvarez in town there at that restaurant. But uh, every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'm down there recording Bucky's Fifth podcast and that's where we kind of break down injury reports we talk uh, analysis breakdowns previews what happened the week before what happened the week you know what the preview for the week ahead uh so you'll hear me talking about nebraska but also this week the 1993 team that went to the rose bowl and won the 1994 rose bowl will be honored at halftime so i have some conversations with a couple of former players one who's the offensive coordinator for the badgers right now too so uh bucky's fifth podcast you can find it on soundcloud uh, and also obviously you can find it uh both on itunes or google play uh, and uh, that's a very long plug so i apologize for that hey you know what? I'm just glad you were able to bring up a little baseball. And I'm going to say this right out of the gate. So if it burns a bridge, I apologize. Uh, I'm a Cardinals fan. Uh, I was uh, born, oh. born and raised in, in the shadow of the gateway arch. Uh, and I'm just so glad you guys beat the Cubs. Oh, no. I mean, that – that was a huge – I mean, it's one thing too. Like, obviously, I'm more – I feel like I'm more objective covering the Badgers. I've covered them 
since 2013 for Bucky's fifth quarter. So I'm a little bit more detached from Wisconsin, even though I graduated from here uh, and met my wife here and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, I'm from Milwaukee. And so the fandom for the Brewers kind of flows through because I don't cover them uh, consistently. I do a podcast, but I don't do a, you know what I'm saying? Like, a, a, you know, I'm not there at Miller Park every day and and whatnot. But yeah, it was a, I mean, it's huge for, for Milwaukee. It's, uh, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I tell people there's a radio station, uh, the flagship for both the Brewers and the the Packers. And on Sunday, usually it's the Brewers that are preempted during the season because the Green Bay Packers are such a huge statewide there's the fan base is there and people want to listen to the Packers compared to the Brewers. And so that Brewers are usually like shipped off to a sister, sh- a sister station. Well, it was the flipped around where the Brewers, you know, were on the main station uh, and it's FM uh, equivalent. And then the Packers were on the sister station uh, shipped off there. So that's how big it is. And it, it's huge. Christian Yelich is, is um, phenomenal. Uh, the best, I think, month I've ever seen a player have in Major League history my, that I've watched, you know, and but, you know, it, it, being a Brewers fan, even before birth, my parents had a 1982 World Series pennant uh, and I was born in December 83. So it is a, uh, you know, it runs through my veins. Uh Ticket prices right now, a little too pricey, but if they make it to a World Series, let me just say one of my stocks may be flowing out of here to, to try to take care of that, uh, take my dad and then hopefully my father-in-law. So we'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see if that that, that flows through. Well, well let's uh, get back on, on topic here. And, and, again, because I got us off on the tangent, I, I you know, no, no ill will. I, I was happy to, to talk a little bit of baseball briefly. But Wisconsin enters this game, uh, the Saturday game, uh, coming off of a bye week. But they're three and one. Uh, they have uh, wins over Western Kentucky, New Mexico, and uh, in their Big Ten opener on September twenty second, uh, a win against Iowa. Uh, the loss, the the lone loss, was at home against BYU. That's kind of where I want to focus on because Nebraska has some familiarity with BYU in recent years, um, but. Obviously, you look at the first two games against Western Kentucky, New Mexico. They're big wins, thirty-four to three in the opener, forty-five to fourteen in week two. Uh, what happened in that BYU game? Can I? I I'm not going to try to lead you into an answer, but what Nebraska faced against BYU, and what happened in subsequent BYU games? BYU plays a little dirtier than than uh, uh, they get blamed for. I mean, I think it was just more the. BYU is more physical on both sides of the ball compared to what uh, you know Wisconsin did. I don't know if they were. We don't know exactly what happened with the you know with the Badgers. Where I mean, the the big thing is they didn't convert on third down. Uh, I think they were four thirteen sounds right, uh, but they, they're right around that range where they were below fifty percent. And this is a team that was you know right now they're at just under fifty percent. They're at forty nine percent of the uh, for the season. Uh, the the stats show that Wisconsin looks be- looked better than BYU. They gained more yardage, uh, just under I think it was four hundred, uh, about three ninety two to three eleven. BYU uh, only had three hundred eleven yards that day. But here here's what happened. I mean, you have a trick play for a touchdown, thirty uh, one yard wide receiver pass option uh, to their tight end, and then they gashed Wisconsin on like they BYU utilized the jet sweep motion that they have now underneath their new offensive coordinator uh, who I think if I'm not mistaken came from LSU but what happened was Grimes. yeah yeah Grimes exactly and and so what happened was is that some of that opened up the and I'm sure 
Nebraska saw it. Iowa utilized maybe didn't utilize a lot of it uh, from what I saw when I was covering the game up in Iowa City. But really, it is a they they gashed Wisconsin in an uncharacteristic way. Like a lot of us were taken back. Uh, with this because we the first two weeks this defense looked you know there are some situations where they passed the test they there's a big turnover late uh, you know in the third quarter and they created a turnover from that uh, which negated any type of of scoring opportunity for New Mexico and uh, you also had other instances where they looked really solid and so like having them gash like Squally Canada went for two 40 yard runs a 44 and a 40 yeah 46 yard run and both of those led to you know some form of points uh and whatnot and then also like I said the trick play which uh, a senior safety said hey that's my fault uh, I, I was in the wrong call there and then you know, the, the offense just didn't churn right where they didn't get, they got off the field in wrong opportunities. There are some mistaken, some penalties too. And, you know, there's just no, it just didn't feel like there was a consistent rhythm uh, going on in Madison that day. And so that's what really led to it. But you got to give BYU credit. They game planned well and, and they threw stuff at Wisconsin that they couldn't handle on that Saturday. And so that puts Wisconsin right now in a position where they, if they want to accomplish all their goals, which you heard TJ Edwards talk about, in, you know, uh, to reporters earlier this year about, you know, coming back for a senior year to try to win a you know, national championships, the, the word to try to get to it, right? Well, they're going to have to run the table, and that means going to Michigan next week. They have to go to Penn State later on, and then whoever the Big Ten champion uh, for our Big Ten East division champion, which, which right now looks like Ohio State early on. Obviously, things can change, uh, but they also can't overlook Nebraska because that offense that, that Nebraska runs is very balanced as a, a dual-threat quarterback uh, and some playmakers at the skill positions. So that, I mean, like I said, it's I predict a, a lot of points actually scored on Saturday night, but it's going to be something that uh, yeah, I'm actually interested – I'm highly interested in seeing how Wisconsin's defense takes on a Nebraska team that has a mobile quarterback and, and a good running back, and then on top of that, two, two good wide receivers. And I'm wondering, Jake, if you're, uh, I'm curious if you are aware that Nebraska won, lost one of those skill players this week as a slot receiver slash return man. Uh, oh. oh, sorry, boys. That's there right. we go. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Tyjon Lindsay uh, asked for his uh, release from his scholarship. Is that something that had news uh, of that nature uh, made its way up to Madison? Yeah, we we just saw that. Uh, I think it was like a day or two ago. Uh, I'm interested in seeing what JD Spellman and uh, and you know and Stanley Morgan Jr. Uh, really play. But I mean, it's I mean, you lose a you know was a, I'm not mistaken, he's a former five star kid. If I'm not mistaken, correct? High four, I believe, Haas. Well, what was that? I was grabbing a beer. <laughs> <laughs> can't say, can't say I believe it. Uh, we were talking about uh, Tajon Lindsay's uh, uh, star rating as a high school senior. Was he high four or was he a five? Very high four star, okay. almost a five star. Okay, sorry. My apologies on that. Oh, no worries. But yeah, no, it's a, I mean, that's a big loss. I mean, I also, I mean, obviously you've seen, you know, Kurt Warner's son step up into, uh, you know, on the depth chart as well. Um, from what I read up on, but it, it'll be interesting to see just how Wisconsin defends. I mean, it's a very young secondary for for the Badgers right now. Jim Leonard, obviously the defensive coordinator, though 
who I refer to as is the walk-on of walk-ons who became an all-American 10-year NFL career. Rex Ryan loves him, you know, you know, and he's ascended quickly to become a coordinator in the college football after only being a coach for two, you know, a season as a defensive backs coach in 16 and 17, he took over the defense and they're still top 10 uh, in several major categories. Uh, and, but this year there's a lot of rebuilding and you lose three key starters and along with a, another valuable contributor from last season. And they're still working. I mean, safety, I think Wisconsin's good with the Dakota Dixon and Scott Nelson. Nelson's more of the flashier type, the redshirt freshman uh, has shown some ball Hawk ability. We'll see, uh, if you know if they can capitalize against Nebraska this you know this week, but uh, the corners are still you know uh, they're still young. Fan Hicks, who's questionable right now. Yeah, Leonard talked to reporters today. I wasn't I wasn't able to get down there for player or coach availability, but Jim Leonard told reporters uh, that Fan Hicks, who has like a thumb injury, apparently uh, he's expected to play through it. But you know he's a redshirt freshman. He was picked on against Iowa. Uh, you know had a pass interference. Would have had two, but one was declined, uh, and it was also like gave up a 45, 46 yard pass to a Iowa tight end T.J. Hawkinson. So, uh, but the other two too. I and mean, Deron Harrell had his first start, and he's a converted wide receiver and really this is not even a year into playing cornerback and you know he got flagged for a pass interference too earlier uh against iowa so i mean it's going to be really interesting to see that matchup and, and to see how nebraska tries to exploit a relatively young secondary that's still growing and will continue to mature over the course of the season in terms of uh Wisconsin's defense. How's the front seven? Because I know Sapalu's still there, and Bryson Williams, you know, native son of Nebraska, went up to Wisconsin, and you know Andrew Van Ginkle in Nebraska was also recruiting at Iowa Western, or all in that front. And um, that's really been the Achilles' heel for Nebraska, getting you know movement against them. Are they pretty stalwart as usual? It has been, you know, and I've said this, I think even on, on Bucky's fifth podcast, I've become a broken record on there, but I really feel like last year and years past the defensive line was so underappreciated and yeah, Olive Sangapolo is still there fourth year senior. So hasn't registered. He is the leader of that defensive line. And, and you know, I've had a chance to actually really, you know, like kind of get to know him, uh, you know, just talking to him, you know, during fall camp, spring camp, just about taking on leadership roles this year because Alec James, Connor Sheehy and Chikwe Obashi all were senior ends last year and had combined for 156 career games and a bunch of starts. I don't know the, I think it was like 91 some odd starts between those three and they were interchangeable. And uh, Alec James is actually now on the Arizona Cardinals practice squad. If uh, I haven't up, checked lately but uh, he did he was at one point this season on the practice squad for for the cardinals but it is a you know like they're so underappreciated because they could open up those gaps and make plays or allow linebackers to make those plays so tj edwards ryan Connolly, jack sitchy when he wasn't injured uh, but also the outside linebackers like leon jacobs uh, garrett dooley last year but two years prior vince beagle tj watt uh, you know, very underappreciated. And this year, I mean, Sangapolo's there, and he's an anchor. Uh, he already has a sack this season. Uh, and, you know, he is, to me, he's, he's athletically gifted. You've seen the ESPN thing. I think they're doing some sort of contest throughout the season where, you know, he's a 338, 345-pound nose guard that can do a backflip. 
uh, and he did it during the summer. And I mean, he, he did it even in high school. So, you know, he's very talented, very athletic. Uh, and, but you have right now, Isaiah Loudermilk, who's a redshirt sophomore. And then Caden Lyle, uh, Caden Lyles, who's a redshirt freshman who converted from being a, you know, an, a lineman. He was a four-star lineman, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And this, you know, they moved him over after Garrett Rand, who's was supposed to be a true junior, he in, reportedly injured his Achilles, and he's out for this season. So they moved him over. But then also the two deep has two Richard freshmen with Aaron Vopel and Matt Henningsen, and Henningsen's a former walk-on. So you have a two deep where you have, for your defensive ends, three of the four in, in this odd front being redshirt freshmen, so second-year players that are stepping in. So uh, I think they've been stout against the run. There hasn't been a lot of pass rush. They only have three sacks on the year. But, you know, outside linebacker, I mean, Andrew Van Ginkle is questionable. If you're looking at for the edge rushers, he's questionable this week. Uh, we'll get an updated injury report tomorrow morning, about 10 o'clock. So you'll see the, a bunch of tweets go out there. But Van Ginkle played against Iowa in some certain sub packages. I think it was third down, mostly uh, some pass rushing situations. He almost got home once or twice uh, against Nate Stanley uh, and, and they didn't convert. But you know, he, you know, I don't know if he'll go or not, but we'll, we'll see if the bye weeks helped him out there. And, but you know, next opposite him on that edge, on the edge, exact bonds, a redshirt junior, you know, I haven't seen much of a pass rush yet from him. He's had a lot of tackles, so he's made some plays. Uh, you know, I think he's got like 18 to 20 some odd tackles. I think it's right on 18 uh, through four games. So he's, he's making some plays. Tyler Johnson's a former walk on, uh, that sounds like a broken record too for for uh, for Wisconsin, obviously with their tradition there. But it is really, I mean, I'm I'm interested in seeing, you know, how they step up. And I mean, one they defend Martinez uh, and Ozigbo uh, with the running game, uh, but you know, and, and see if they can pressure the young quarterback to make some mistakes you know, on, on Saturday night. It's not that you know, but you know, I'm not even talking. I haven't even talked about T.J. Edwards and Ryan Conley, and they're among the top four in tackles for the team. They're redshirt seniors, along with Chris Orr. I think they're the best inside linebacking unit in the nation. The BYU game was, I think, an aberration for them uh, and kind of a wake up call. But, you know, Edwards had a game, I would say nearly a game-clinching interception last week against, uh, two weeks ago against Iowa. And he's the leader of that, one of the leaders of that defense. Conley, again, former walk-on, has stepped up. And, he you know, last year he led the team in tackles. And he's got some great downhill speed. So if you send him on a blitz, uh, he needs to get home. But, I mean, he had some huge tackles for loss. And he leads the team in tackles for loss with four and a half. So it's still not the same, you know, it's not, I'd say – as potent a front seven as last year from what you saw. But, you know, I'm interested in seeing how the bye week does and, and how they mature and grow uh, from the last two defensive performances they've had. It yeah. seems over the last several years, uh, Nebraska defense has uh, made Wisconsin Badger running backs look all-American, uh, where maybe other teams, you know, they just look – all Big Ten. Uh, and that's not taking anything away. But against Nebraska, for some reason, scheme-wise or ability-wise or Nebraska's lack of ability, uh, you know, to, to tackle. I mean, look at what Melvin Gordon did. Uh, you know, just I guess my question is, who's going to be the, the standout running back this year who's, you know, who we're going to put a Heisman reel together after this weekend because it seems like it happens every year. 
I mean, really, right now you're looking at. I mean, it's still Jonathan Taylor, sophomore running back. Had, you know, going into last week before the bye, he led. The, I think he led the nation in rushing, if I'm not mistaken. Or yeah, yeah, or was there? Uh, no, it wasn't. I think he might have had. No, he had the most touches in the game. I'm sorry, he had the most like among the top carry in a amount, large amount of carries uh, in the nation. And well, really, you know, this uh, he's become kind of a a workhorse in that situation where he's gotten the ball. He's gotten over a hundred yards, all four games, but against BYU and against Iowa, they only, I mean, you saw New Mexico and, you know, there's some big runs that he had. It's a, you know, or, you know, the first two games, there's some explosive plays, but against, you know, BYU, I think his long was only 15 yards and against Iowa, there was only against 17, but it, you know, you saw the performance that he had in Lincoln last year, especially I think it was a 75 yard run that he had. In mean, the we, first we, half, I think we drank those memories away. Live was a nightmare. What, what was that? Oh God, yeah. I mean, I was pissed, but I just, my jaw kind of dropped with that run. Jonathan Taylor's, he's good. No, I mean he is. I mean, it. it he's still, you know, in terms of Heisman talk. I think he'll still be towards the end of the year one of the finalists. And it's behind that offensive line too. You can talk about Taylor a lot, but that offensive line has, you know, from last year, three All Americans and then a true freshman all or a freshman All American. Not true freshman because Tyler Biotish was a redshirt uh, redshirted uh, a year prior. But you know, four technically uh, some sort of All Americans from last year. And and they've, you know, I talked to Bo Benchwell, who's the redshirt senior. They're one of those All Americans from from a year pra- uh, prior. And he just, you know, he, he says he thinks they've played well, but you know, they're still. It's a starting point and, and and so there's room to grow and i'm wondering you know how they'll do against nebraska i know uh just looking at some of the statistics that uh, you know nebraska if i'm not mistaken i was a 165 yards again 185 yards a game sorry don't i have my stats in front of me don't mind You're me right around there yeah 160 165 yeah and so if that could really help with uh, get them on track a little bit more. I could see something happening, uh, you know, but Taylor, you know, we'll see what he, how he reacts uh, behind him. It, you have a redshirt senior in Taiwan deal. Who's really solidified himself on the depth chart this week. He was not the you know number two back At the beginning of the season. They had like a, they had three backs as the, as the uh, listed as the number two. And that was Garrett Groshek. You'll see him on third down, former walk on. Uh, and, He's more of a pass rushing type, uh, pass uh, not, not pass rushing, but pass uh, blocking back. Also, can, he caught a 43 yard screen pass for a touchdown against Western Kentucky uh, in the fourth quarter of the you know the season opener. But he also made some big plays against Iowa. Can run the ball, can can catch the ball. Not obviously as explosive as Taylor, but he can be used a lot out of 11 personnel. Dang. And then you know you still have Chris James too, who you know I th- with Garrett. Groshek emerging has kind of taken a backseat, but you know, he has some explosiveness and I thought he was, I thought the world of him last uh, two springs ago back for this before the 17th season. Uh, but he really hasn't really with injuries last year and the emergence of Taylor and others, like he's been kind of put on the back burner, but it's going to be Taylor. I mean, he's, he's the player that everyone should watch behind that line. And if they can get the ball going, I mean, it could be a long day for Nebraska's defense and, uh, I'm seeing how um, you know, but they you know they praised the, the front seven. You know, Benchwell said they they look at the front seven, and they praised you know guys like Carlos Davis, and they praised you know he, he, you know Joe Rudolph mentioned the offensive coordinator for Wisconsin mentioned you know just uh, the the uh, the backers, and, and Benchwell also mentioned the depth at linebacker there. So they're very uh, complimentary. They know that 
they can't just look ahead to Michigan. They they have to play Nebraska. They know that Nebraska is going to be hungry, and we'll see how we'll see how it goes. I want to step it. I'm looking as, as you're mentioning names. I'm looking at uh, the Badgers roster on on uh, uwbadgers.com. Garrett Groshek uh, listed at 5'11", 218 pounds. The sophomore, former walk on, as you said. Uh, tell me as I'm looking at this. I, I keep wanting to call him kid because I'm in my 30s. But tell me this young man. At, at least in high school, was on a wrestling team. I'm actually. Let me take a look at that. I, I, I'm right now. Let me see. I don't. I mean, I could have clicked on Al- full bio Alec, myself, but Alec Ingold, who's the fullback. Which, by the way, if you're looking for another team, uh, it's a third and short, or a third and goal, or from like two, or there's a third and one. It, just fullback dive there's gonna be some fullback dive Alec Ingold is a beast he is a former wrestler uh going back to your question uh effort for Ingold is Ingold is Groshek let me just see what he is just because I'm looking at that he he lettered in basketball baseball track and golf so he was not a wrestler well he he Uh, looks and this is a compliment kid looks like he's got cauliflower ears I'm saying I was going to say, like, I mean, it, I mean, I, I used to wrestle back in high school. I was terrible down in Florida, and it's nothing compared to what's in Iowa or the Midwest or Nebraska, you know, too. So, or even Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin for the for the prep stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he had a mullet. I think it was last year, and that 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 made. I mean, that would that would just complete the process there sure, uh, if he was a wrestler. It would have been amazing. Haas. I was just going to say, this guy sounds like a true American hero, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> this Coors Banquet's for you. I was going to say, like, not not just, you know, Groshek had a, had a good one. Vince Beagle, who's now uh, with the New Orleans Saints, uh, who I think he played last week and he did some special teams work. He rocked a great mullet. But even before that, John Dietzen, who's going to rotate in and probably at left tackle with Cole Van Lannen uh, one of the, as one of the starting left tackles. He was a year, year or two, you know, two years ago because I did an article for Bucky's fifth quarter talking to both of them and talking to players about who had the best mullet on the team. And John Deason, who has red hair, by the way, and it flowed like he grew that thing out and that thing flowed like a like like a waterfall. It was a big waterfall. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Like I'm, I'm not afraid to say that because it is. I mean, it was fun uh, to talk to and get everyone's opinions, and and it was a good, it was a fun article. We I kind of went off the beat beaten path uh, in terms of that, where uh, that's my niche a little bit. Where obviously I do features, I you know I we write game recaps, we find the important stories. However, at Bucky's fifth quarter, we also have a little bit of fun, uh, and that's what I like to do. And so we had a good mullet talk, uh, mullet competition, and yeah, so it, it is prevalent amongst teams. Garrett, I did ask Garrett earlier this year. If he's going to grow it out, he says it's just too much maintenance. I mean, I can't blame him for that. Well, Jake, I know Haas and I discussed this before uh, before you joined us, before we started uh, our conversation. But, you know, I made the comment. I said, you know, the way things are lining up, if the Badgers got to win this weekend, if Michigan took care of business, next weekend could be, uh, you know, college game day at the big house. Um, to which Haas immediately said, well, then I really hope that we win. So, uh, um, but, but uh, you know, I, as I'm looking at your schedule, it, you know, it's it's the Big Ten, and and it's not really easy for anybody. Uh, everybody's got you know the to go through that stretch. 
Uh, it just seems like in 2018, Nebraska's stretches 12 games long. Um, but uh, we know it's going to be tough at Camp Randall. It always is. I, I've shared this story on the uh, uh, on the podcast numerous times. But since this is the first time you've uh, ever been on, and, and this might be the first time that uh, any Wisconsin fans might be listening to the show, the very first game for Nebraska in the Big Ten was in Wisconsin. And I was on vacation uh, with my wife and, and uh, some dear friends of ours. 2011, huh? Yeah, we were vacationing because uh, my friends at the time lived out in Spokane, Washington. So uh, my wife and I flew out to Portland, Oregon. They met us. We drove out to the uh, coast. And that Saturday night from Madison, Wisconsin, ruined my vacation. <laughs> I drank heavily beers that I'd never heard of before. And... And so I, I hate you, I blame you, and I thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, for anybody, you know, if you guys are, you know, anyone that's going to be coming from Nebraska to Madison, uh, hit us up on Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Hit us up on Twitter at B5Q. Uh, me, it's at Jake Coco, J-A-K-E. K-O-C-O, B5Q. Let us know if you guys have any questions about where you guys dine in, dine out. We, there's some great bar, I mean, great food, great festivities. People in Wisconsin, I would like to think most Wisconsin fans are pretty genuine and nice, uh, depending upon the, the score of the game. Uh, but mostly, I mean, most people are really just nice and polite. And so, uh, you know, and so feel free to just let us know if you guys have any, uh, you know, tailgating questions, if you guys know which bars to go to, which restaurants to go to. Uh, we're always here to help out. And, and whatever beers, like you said, beers you didn't know, hear of, uh, we actually have a Bucky's Fifth Quarter Barrel, you know, column every week talking about uh, different breweries around the state. And even in Iowa, we've had we had someone uh answer a Q&A from a brewery out there and I you know in the Iowa area so uh let us know what you guys need and we'll take care of you one final question and and, and then I'll turn it over to Haas if he has anything in Wisconsin how I mean I we all watched home improvement growing up so we know that you know at least according to tool time in Wisconsin Jesus cheese but how how important are the cheese curds in Wisconsin uh, I mean, they're 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 good. Uh, I mean, I'm not a fresh cheese curd guy. Like, I, I give me the fried stuff. Mm-hmm. Granted, I mean, think I think that's everybody. Uh, but you can't go anywhere. I think in a restaurant with Wisconsin without, unless it's like a fancy joint where you don't have cheese curds. But even like the fancy, like there's a place called Tornado Steakhouse, that's right off the Capitol, about half block, quarter block off the Capitol, and they have some great steaks. But yeah, they got cheese curds too. Uh, so it's a I mean, I'm. I mean, it's it's part of my diet. Uh, as much as I don't want to admit that, <laughs> and I need to, you know, I'm already. It, it's sad, guys. I, I mean, real quick tangent. I lost like 20, 30 pounds this past year. I was all happy, and already with the beat being back on the beat for a month and a half, I'm already like ten pounds heavier. So it's not good because I'm just eating everything in sight. After I, I get got to get some fuel for the brain for writing these post game recaps and and the media, you know, the press box food is is free. So I, I you got to eat it, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I end every football season with about ten pounds that I got to work back off in the gym. Absolutely, yeah. No, chili and cinnamon rolls and Coors Banquet over the course of the season. That sounds delicious. I, you know, you say that, Jay. I was just going to say, Hoss, you're going to scare our new friend away. <laughs> Delicacy. Jake, we appreciate your time and uh, uh, look forward to, uh, you know, Saturday night and whatever happens to Camp Randall happens and uh, and we'll, we'll reconvene in another time, sir. 
Sounds great. Y'all have a great week and uh, take care. Thanks for having me on. And we'll good. take a no time problem. out. And when we come back, we'll be joined by uh, our, I don't want to say commander-in-chief, but our fearless leader nonetheless. Venerated John, leader. Venerated leader. Fine. Be that way. John Dam Johnston joins us next on the Five Heart Podcast. Hey, everyone. Kevin Huntsberger here from my one two three cents the podcast, and my one 2 3 cents.com Every Monday, a new episode drops with the latest news and happenings in the world of professional wrestling. Head to the archives and listen to interviews with legends of the ring like Double J, Jeff Jarrett, Mick Foley, Kamala, and Dan the Beast Severin. Current superstars like Sheamus, Xavier Woods, and Kofi Kingston have been part of the discussion too. Again, it's my one two three cents the podcast, a wrestling fan's perspective. Thanks for listening. This is a great way to start in your team zone for you're gonna so go John, play Wisconsin where we haven't won since nineteen fifty six. So John, how are the winos in the alley by the liquor store next by your house? They're all asking me what the hell is going on. Oh, that's not good when the wino starts. No. You could just start out that way. I, 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 yeah, we're already recording. Oh, oh we are? Not at all. Yeah, we're, oh, well. we're, we're jumping straight to the winos again. Oh. oh, they're like, God, are you doing okay? They tried to give me some Thunderbird, you know? <laughs> a, little, a little Mad Dog 2020? No, I don't touch that stuff. Not since college. <laughs> oh, is there a story? There he is, but it's not mine. Sometimes right, those are the best stories. Well, we'll just move on. But I will say this. Anytime you go into a really high-end liquor store and you find the Thunderbird wine, it's always sad to see the dust on it. <laughs> How are you, John? Oh, it's it's been – I'm great. It's a great day. Are you saying that facetiously? No, it's – I don't know. Do you really want to know? I, I, asked, I, wrenched, didn't I? I wrenched. I wrenched my old man back today, and and it's been kind of miserable up to this point. Up to this point, now that I'm talking to you guys, I feel great. That's that's what we wanted to hear, really. Yeah, we are here. That Haas, you and I are the uh, we're the ibuprofen to John's aches and pains. Hey, you know what? We we serve a lot of purposes, but being the <laughs> ibuprofen to John's aches and pains, that might be. That's resume worthy. I'm Could you perfect. sons of bitches score some touchdowns? <laughs> How about that? Could you like knock down a pass? Um, I, I, I think I, 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 I a few falls. I, uh, I I punched a cornerback in the face. <laughs> Are we, I had a rough should we talk about that? What's that? I feel like we should talk know. about that. I don't. That's a rumor, isn't it? Yeah, that's. Uh, let's move on. Well, yeah. let's talk about the confirmed news. And, and we talked about it uh, in our, our previous segment with uh, Jake from Wisconsin, which is like Jake from State Farm, except I imagine less collared shirts. Um, but a lot of khakis, uh, still, still a amount of khakis. Uh, really, all, really nice guy, that Jake. Too bad he works for the competition. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to call them the communists. <laughs> he, he, well, you know, he, he's a Madison, so, you know. Yeah. He he Basically did the boulder of the Big Ten. He did, uh, John. He did want us to tell you hi. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice of him. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, as I said, we mentioned it uh, in the last segment. But Tyjon Lindsay uh, did request uh, his release from his scholarship, and it was granted, which has been the mo of this Scott Frost, uh, you know, coaching staff is, and and I. I 
I'm going to tie it into pro wrestling because it's what I do. Uh, but anybody who ever listened to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, they know that if you were working in the WWE or WWF at the time and you just weren't happy and you went to Vince McMahon and said, you know what, I, I just kind of want out, he'd be like, all right, you're not happy here, go be happy somewhere else. And he didn't say that with any uh, vindictive you know, attitude or anything like that. He just said, all right, you know, just – we, we want a happy, harmonious locker room. I imagine it's it's got to be the same for Scott Frost. Scott Frost is the Vince McMahon of of the Big Ten. Can I say that? You can, the it's Big your Ten? podcast. You can say whatever you want, man. Ooh. The Big Ten? Uh, let, let's pump the brakes on that for a few right, years until we lock down a West Division title. But he's definitely the Vince McMahon of Nebraska football. <laughs> I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> I feel like we scaled it back quite a bit, but okay. Yeah, we did. We did. Four, you got to know your station. No, I disagree with that. You can still be a cocky son of a bitch. You just better be able to take it. You know what I mean? All right, this is what I want. This is what I want Scott Frost to do next home game coming out of the tunnel, you know, at the tunnel walk. I don't want him to jog out, you know, leading the team. I want him to do that Vince McMahon you know, uh, that strut, that, strut. yeah, exactly. The the one that Conor yeah. McGregor stole. I want him to do that all the way across the field. That would be balls out. Or he'd probably, he'd probably throw out a shoulder. <laughs> Maybe. Or that's a long ways out. to walk like that. Hear me out. I'm, I'm or okay. before the next home game. There's a video of him tacking a badger pelt up on the wall of the locker room, as in. We took a few pelts from Wisconsin. We get, you know, tacking it up on the wall. We got the W in Madison. Now I probably have a better shot of getting a date with Jennifer Lawrence this weekend than we do of beating Wisconsin. But, you know, let's focus on the game. Well, now, hold on. Have you reached out to Jennifer Lawrence and asked? Yeah. I mean, I can slide into the DMs. Yeah, Ooh. It's always a viable. I hear that's what you young people say when you're serious about things. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Slide into the DMs. That sounds horrifyingly pornographic. I didn't even know what it meant until like a couple years ago. So, and I, it was the same response that I had. I was like, "Wait, what?" So I, I still. I mean, I, I get. Hey, look. Let me put it this way: if we beat Wisconsin, I'll slide into the DMs. Because <laughs> there'll be a chance. I'm just want to quote Michael Scott, who quotes Wayne Gretzky when he says, "You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take." This is true. Exactly. I mean, shoot your shot. I have. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's. We're going to go back a minute. <laughs> you're like, you You said that bit about when you're 0-4, you should know your station. That is bullshit. <laughs> what, you should, what you should know is this. You can still dish it out. Just recognize the fact that you're going to get a, a mounds of it thrown back at you. And if you can handle that, then do it. You know? I've never respected any person who could dish it out but then couldn't take it when it came back their way. But if you're in the business of dishing it out, I mean, why why stop? Just because you're a little puss boy, little wiener, <laughs> wiener man, kind of like, oh, they might make fun of me. Iowa's might make fun of me. Well, screw them. You know, well, we're not going to be this bad forever. No, Next we're not. Next week on the Big Red Cobcast, John Johnston joins Pat and Ryan and really lays down the law. Yeah. Weren't we supposed to abuse them this week? No. 
Are they are they dishing it out still, or are they like little wimpy boys? No, they still dish it out. Well, good for them. You know what? So let's dish it out right now. I retract. Well, here's, did you guys talk about the Purdue game? We did um, like earlier in the week. Where, did you not? Do, do you not listen to the Five Heart Podcast when you're not on it, John Dam Johnston? No, I don't. I don't listen John. to myself when I'm on it. Well, I don't listen. John. I'm way behind on How audio. How else you gotta stuff. get better at this thing? It's like watching film. You know, you gotta self scout. You gotta know. You know, you gotta improve. Really? <laughs> oh, I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> um, How, I'm I'm gonna get better at this. Well, hopefully. No, I mean you can't really improve. Oh my on god! Wow. Okay. <laughs> God, I thought I, cool. I mean, I thought I, I thought I'd just get better at it by switching to weed. <laughs> hey. on, anyway, 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 you know what? I, you didn't talk to me about it, and I wanted to say that after the second half of that game, I didn't feel nearly as bad about that game as you know what I, I didn't feel terrible. It, after the first half, I wanted to go out and like I don't know, burn down half my neighborhood. You don't know how many beers I drank during that game. Two. Zero. I drank zero beers. I drank zero anything alcohol-related. But in the first half, I mean, we were just god-awful. And I'm only looking at the offense. I don't expect the defense to be very good for for quite a while because of the holes we have. And and we got a long ways to go there. But on the offense, I expect that son of a bitch to be cracking this week. Because in the second half against Purdue, it was like a light bulb got turned on, if you want to use that crappy cliche. But Adrian Martinez just looked like he suddenly figured out something. He suddenly figured out, hey, I can do this. You know what I mean? And I'll save the rest for predictions later. But I think that, you know, between Divine Abzigbo getting going and and what, Spielman had 135 yards? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean that's you know they put out some they put out some yardage they out yarded Purdue they just made dumb mistakes but you know I, I to me I looked at it that's why I wrote that article this week about growth uh, I thought it was exciting I thought holy crap this looks like a Scott Frost offense should it looked like they started to click they started to go fast they started to do things there you go I said my bet. I thought there was a lot of growth in the second half as well, uh, especially with Tanner Farmer at center. The snaps are a little bit low, but that can be addressed. He had the physicality to actually block a nose, Big Ten nose guard. Martinez looked more comfortable. Divino Zigbo got into a lather. And J.D. Spielman is J.D. Spielman. I mean, basically, like, you know, J.D. Dam Spielman, you know, to borrow from the John Dam Johnston. We're and, brothers. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're both from Minnesota. Well, there you go. Not too yeah. far away. Yeah, I mean, hey, call up Rick Spielman. See if you can get some tickets for the Vikings. You know, even though I'm not a Vikings fan, I've never been to an NFL game. Really? Yeah, no, never been. It's okay. They're different fans. Yeah, they're kind of the redneck trailer trash fans of football. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, there went all that readership, little listenership. I mean, hey, I love the NFL. I watch the NFL every Sunday when I'm not buried in homework. So Do you, you watch really? It, you watch you it know what? I, mean, I was going to say, I didn't. I don't think I wrote this this week, but you know how bad our Nebraska football season is going? I've actually watched some NFL. You've been watching the Chiefs, haven't you? No, I don't. I watched the North, the, uh, the Norris division. That's the only one I know anything Chiefs. about. 
you know, Green Bay and uh, Minnesota and those other two teams. It's my least favorite division of the NFL to watch. These games suck. <laughs> I actually agree with Hoss. We're just, we're just, at, odds. We're just at odds here. <laughs> yeah, we know are. your station, those games suck, guy. <laughs> Coming over there. You're right, not sorry, I'm, like not, I'm not agreeable like the winos in the alley are. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're you're not, they're not agreeable either. That's why you got to give them wine in the alley, you freaking idiot. They probably love you. They probably worship at the altar, John Damn Johnson. It's only because I give them stuff. That's yeah, well, probably no, no comment. I'm not so, going to comment on that one. Let's talk some defense, shall we? Oh, we, sure. Do we have to? Uh, I mean, you could just like, you know, the dumpster fire picture that people tweet out during games and things are going poorly. I, I feel like we need to talk about the defense as much as... But we don't the, want to. Well, no, as much as the defense is right and doesn't need improvement. They need so much improvement that we... I don't even know where to start talking about the defense. With the, the same front seven that destroyed Colorado, and we talked about this earlier in the week, it's not... I mean, obviously this is... You know, Big Ten teams now and, and uh, you know, Big Ten offensive lines not. And this is going to come across as a knock against Colorado. It's just a different style of football. But it's not – they're not good enough as a front seven to, you know, have their, have their you know, way and, and be as disruptive as they were the first week and, you know, and half of, half of the Troy game. It, they're, they're not good. And it, it breaks my heart uh, because you see guys like Muhammad Barry who are that good, and you see Will Honus who has season-ending knee surgery, or, or I think knee, but anyway, season-ending surgery. Um, and you know now we're going to be down a, 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 a essentially an upperclassman. It, it's um, you know like the Dedrick Youngs who I've been high on all his career. He's still there? Yeah. Um, I totally, I did not hear Mr. anything. Yeah, you broke up there quite a bit. Yeah, who me? I heard yeah. Edward Young, and I was going to start going off on you know my own thoughts about Dedrick Young, and then I figured I'd probably have you restate the question. No, I, I was going to say Dedrick Young, who's you know for much of his career I've been pretty high on. He just hasn't been as as productive. You haven't heard his name called as much you know, in, in 2018, and I don't know if he's just being overshadowed by, like, a Muhammad Barry or what. I, I don't know. Well, he's in the right place. He knows his assignment, and he's in the right place. But as you saw in, like, that long Quran Higdon run to start the Michigan game, he just lacks the athleticism to make a play. He did, I mean, there's, you're, you're the football guy. There's no fix in this defense this year, is there? From a personnel standpoint, no. Right. You can do some things to mitigate the damage. The like scheme. put another defensive back on the field? Yeah. You know, against Wisconsin, you probably want to go with like a big nickel, you know, big nickel back. Like, honestly, slide Antonio Reed down into that spot and start Deontay Williams and Aaron Williams. Um, Shenander can't be putting safeties lined up inside of outside linebackers anymore on the line of scrimmage. He can't be playing base personnel against uh, – 13 personnel, one back, and three tight ends. Because we're just going to get mowed over. I mean, 
with that light of personnel lined up on the line of scrimmage, they don't even have to combo block those guys. They can win on solo blocks. And you put a 215-pound safety up against a 260-pound grown-ass man, Big Ten tight end, if he's down blocking that safety, if they do that 100 times, that safety is not winning a single freaking rep. So you got you got to choose what you got you want to do. Do you want to stop the run? You're in the Big Ten Conference. It's a running league. Then you're going to have to bring in heavier personnel. You're And then against the teams that are more spread-oriented, Purdue last week, Northwestern just – they basically get into a rock fight, you know, offensively. They just muddy things up. They kind of defy a category. But against the other teams on the schedule – got to be able to stop the run you're not doing it with safeties lined up on the outside shoulder or the inside shoulders of tight ends and you got to bring pressure you can't especially you can't have luke gifford lined up against a left tackle he's not winning that battle very often you know he's a good tackler in space but he's not a good pass rusher so yeah see that's why i'm schematically need to be fixed that's that's why i'm just like uh, the hell with the defense our offense has to score 40 points a game that's it you know, if I still smoke cigarettes, I'd go out for a smoke every time we were on defense. <laughs> I did that in 2009 when we were on offense. I'd go out for a cigarette every time we were on offense. I knew we weren't going to do anything. Well, that's the spirit. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, that year, 10 yards for a first down looked like a mile. <laughs> it did. That's true. I love Joe Gans, but God. <laughs> uh, Zach Lee. He, oh, it was. Yes, you're right. Joe Gans threw the ball all over the place. Okay, see, my my names and my ears are all screwed up. Anyway, uh, what do you mean that's the spirit? This is reality. I mean, this is this is what we're looking at. When you look at this football team, what do you expect out of it? I expect 40 points a game. If our offense can score 40 points a game in every game, we're going to win a lot of games. Let's have some fun, shall we? <laughs> all right. <clears throat> I, I know we're going to get to predictions, you know, at the end, it's what we do. So I'm going to hold off on, on Wisconsin right now. Uh, but let's look at the rest of the schedule and, you know, find out which games are winnable. Are, are we, are we on board for that? Oh, sure. Why not? All sure. right. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So after this week, uh, you know, on the 13th, Saturday, uh, October 13th, uh, Northwestern. Winnable. 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 Oh, yeah, it's winnable. Like he said, they muddy things up. I expect our offense to be clicking a lot more then. Uh, next weekend after that, uh, Minnesota. Winnable. 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 All right. I, I, I guess winnable is too, too broad. Uh, okay, listen. Win, Minnesota, win or, win or lose. Minnesota is pretty anemic offense. That's the key to them. Their offense is just anemic. Their defense is decent. Offense is anemic. We just simply outscore them. All right. And uh, leave PJ Fleck to, you know, dry off his tears and pick up the mess after we outscore him. All right. So I think the, I think the same is true when you look at every team on the schedule. Northwestern <clears throat> can their offense score forty points a game? Thirty-five against our defense. Thirty-eight. Okay. All right, All right, so let's let, let's let's do, let, let's do this. Um, <laughs> let, let, let's let's do, let's do this. All right. So again, we're we're early on predictions. But Who's after Minnesota? 
Will you will you let me finish? No, let I'm me... taking over. Are they? <laughs> yeah. Well, their their offense should be able to score thirty on our defense. Again, we score forty. Bam, win. All right. Let's well, not even let's not even allow ourselves to go near the idea that we could outscore Ohio State. Right. Everybody gets really sick with the flu. John, I'm a homer. <laughs> Come on. All right. Half their team comes down with sexual assault charges. Oh, God. How well, fast. That's not too far outside the realm yeah. of possibility. Yeah. See there? All right. Uh, so that anyway, now we're getting into November. That's November 3rd. Um, November 10th uh, against Illinois. Win or lose? I mean, that's that's got to be a win, right? All right. Winnable. Winnable. Okay. Yeah. Weekend after that is uh, against uh, currently ranked number 20 Michigan State. That's going to be – we need to score about 27 points against them. (laughs) Honestly, I think that could be winnable. Plus, we seem to – here's the thing with the Big Ten. You see – you guys, I've lived in the Big Ten area for many, many years now, and there's just a, a thing with the Big Ten where certain teams play each other in a certain way. Like Northwest, if you're a longtime Big Ten fan, and, uh, you know, I saw the tweets last week, but with, uh, oh, look, Northwestern's beating Michigan. How terrible are we? Okay, you know what? Northwestern always plays Michigan really tough. That's there's just this relation, weird relationship between teams for some bizarre reason, like Minnesota has done, knocked off Penn State a few times when they had absolutely no chance of doing so. So, kind of the same with Nebraska and Michigan State. It is. Same. It is. You know. Yes, we're we're starting to establish this thing with Sparty where, you know, we're a thorn in their side, and it's like some where it's like we're living in a giant simulation where somebody just goes, I think I'll just make this adjustment. And then Nebraska is going to be a pain in the ass to Sparty for the rest of eternity. Yeah, when you look at the history of games with Michigan State in 2011, we blow them out 24 to three. 2012, we went 28 24 against. Even though Michigan State was seven and six, they had that the following year's team won the Rose Bowl with the same players. In 13, we lost 41 28 because we couldn't hold on to the damn football. In 14. We lost to them by five points as a team that went on to beat Baylor in the Cotton Bowl. In 15, they were a college football playoff participant, and we beat them. You know, a week after getting half a hundred on us, half a hundred hung on us by Purdue. So, yeah, weird things happen in Nebraska-Michigan State games. So yeah. you're saying there's a chance. Yes. And right. now, I'm saying you got to believe. For the final okay. one, Greg. Uh, yeah, then the uh, day after Thanksgiving happens to be my wife's birthday. Uh, Iowa. That, that's got to be a win. I mean, that's, that has Winnable. to be a win. I do not concede an inch to them. So as I'm yeah, looking pl- at this. Plus, 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 think about it. Think about it. This offense will start clicking. I believe that. I think we saw parts of it last week in the second half. I think it's going to be key when we go into Wisconsin Saturday night, are we going to see more? Are we going to see, you know what? They actually look like they opened up some running lanes sometimes and they threw the ball decent. Again, they just made dumb mistakes, eliminate those mistakes. And at least some of the mistakes, I mean, cut your penalties by a third, be one third less dumb. <laughs> and you're just improving, right? I'm, I don't, I'm not, not the Wisconsin prediction yet, but, 
even if we still lose by the time we get to Iowa, that offense should be going zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah, it'll start clicking. Like like we've talked about, they start growing up in the second half of the Purdue game. And I I think that things will I think things will get going. What is and I want both of your opinions on this. Um you could generalize and say, you know, just clean up in general, but what's the biggest issue facing the Huskers as far as on the field? Is it the turnovers? Is it the penalties? Is it inability to, you know, get off the field as the, as a defensive unit? What is the single biggest issue? Offensive and defensive line play. Man, I said single. That That is. It's the trenches. I think on both sides of the ball. It's dumbness. <laughs> yeah, it really know, is. Actually, it's just I, flat out. It's just flat out dumbness. dumbness. It's I hitting a, hitting a guy out of bounds, or or Aaron Williams hitting that guy when the ball sailed over his. Bed. It's just stupidity. It's saying, "I'm gonna just do this because I care about myself and not my teammates." And you kind of heard that. Uh, I think Jason Peter said that in an article simple this week, but it's, it's really just that stupidity and that stupidity has to leave this team. I actually, funny you mentioned that because I actually invoked a line from one Bill Callahan during the game on Saturday where I said, remember when Bill Callahan called the Raiders the dumbest team in America? Yes, he did. In my anger on Saturday, you know, and many of those calls were bullshit, but you know, some, some of them were legit. When you're an undisciplined team, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt from the officials. I said, you know, we've got to be about the dumbest team in America when it comes yeah. to committing stupid penalties. You know, you get off the field and, you know, you're getting people off, you know, Jesus, that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> you're getting off the field on third down. You give them a, a penalty that extends a drive. You know, whether you agree with the roughing, the passer penalties or not against Carlos Davis and freaking freedom back in Mulligan. So you got to play smart. Uh, and when cheap shots start coming in, like, you know, you see after the play out of the context of legal play, just shows that, yeah, you're tough enough to hit someone after the whistle, but you're not tough enough, you know, to do it within the legal framework of the game. Can we talk, uh, at least mention how there were, and I know you said, you know, when you're kind of known for being an undisciplined team you're not going to get the benefit of the dollar but man there were so many missed calls or non-calls again that could have gone against Purdue uh, oh yeah you know some late hits and things like that and look I get it you know if it's if it's something that's questionable you know you might not you know you might not blow the whistle but man there were some that were just glaringly obvious that the refs just swallowed their whistle on and that's that's got to be infuri- infuriating no infuriating as well that was some of the shittiest officiating I've ever seen. It was pretty bad, and and like Hus- it was, I think it was worse than 2010 Texas A&M. The Husker faithful let him know about. I it. I don't know about that. Uh, it was it was on par at least. That was just a 2010 A&M was just a flat out blatant screw you bunch yeah. game. I had a my brother went to that game, and he said even the A&M fans next to him said that that there was something funky going on. <clears throat> but uh, I think, uh, yeah, some of that stuff, I, it, it, it kind of irritates me when I, um, you know, you go out and you, like we do post 
posts on Facebook and things like that, or, or even on our own forums where people complain about holding on every play and holding calls that don't get called. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I did a series with an official, a friend of mine. I, I think he actually refs power five. Well, yes, he does. He refs in the ACC conference. The last I talked to him a couple of years ago, but I did a series of, uh, articles with him on why do things get called and why don't they and pretty much on holding it's always about does it actually affect the play or does it not affect the play Mm -hmm. so can you look at a photograph and see a guy holding on to another guy yeah you pretty much can look at every photograph out there and determine that what you need to look at when you're looking at that kind of stuff or looking at film or looking at the game as it's going on is did this really affect the play because if it didn't affect the play they're not going to call it now, having said that, I think the, the one call, non-call, that pissed me off the most was late in the game when Blau tossed that long ball and their receiver mugged our defensive back. Just oh, flat out. Yeah, it was terrible. And it was blatant and there was nothing. So that, and then what, I think right after that, we got, uh, what'd we get right after that? A face max call. I think right after that was the, was the roughing the passer call. Yeah. And then how about the uh, holding, quote unquote, holding penalty on Ty John Lindsay when it was a clean block on screen pass. I mean, good Lord. See, that's, and also part of the article is, is, you know, most of the times, if they think they shouldn't call something, they should let it go. And that one, you kind of went, you couldn't have just let that go. Was there something made you mad about Nebraska? Did what? Some guy just girl the guy away was from Nebraska, and you're still angry after all these years, you toady head son <laughs> of a bitch. The points. Uh, anyway, yeah, it was pretty bad officiating, but you can't, you can't, you said that earlier. You can't be dumb and get the benefit of the doubt. Right. No, no. And we're our dumb team. Undisciplined. I mean, it's that when you when you play undisciplined, it's just a putrid brand of loser ball. You know, there's no shame in going out there and playing your ass off and getting beat. You know, it's football. There's a winner and a loser each game. But don't do anything that's going to shoot yourself in the foot. You know, control what you can control and, you know, play as clean of a game. The referees disagree with the call, you know, a judgment call, like holding often is, or even roughing the passer or pass interference penalties. All right, you know, that's subjective to that crew. But don't do stupid shit. You know, don't, you know, don't take a swing. I mean, it didn't happen in the Purdue game, but Lamar Jackson against Northern Illinois last year. Don't take a swing at an opposing player because you're frustrated and getting beat, you know, Punished his ass within the legal framework of the game. You know, the other reason why I say we need to score 40 points a game is they've completely changed how football is now. In the past, it always was defense wins championships. Well, they've neutered the defense. Okay, you can get angry about that that call where who was it was blocked into the guy at the end of the end of Blau at the end of the game, hit him in the head, and they threw the penalty. Carlos Davis. Yeah, yeah. they're right. Right. Uh, you can get angry. You can get angry about that call all you want. But if you hit a quarterback in the head, it's getting called. That's just it. And I think the thing that most people don't understand about like things like targeting or necessary rough or unnecessary roughness uh, or that call is 
It has nothing to do with intent. It's a hit. That's it. It has everything to do with contact and things like that. So he didn't, whether he tried to do it or didn't try to do it is immaterial. It's part of how they're going to call the games now. And again, that's why I think we need to, we need an offense that'll score 40 points a game. Every game. A game. 40 points a game or points. So for if me, we don't score. 40 I need. I need an offense. Drinking forty pints. Well, it's just a boy. Okay. As long as it might be like something good, like Guinness, not that shitty Budweiser crap. Some guy in Iowa bought and stuck in a fridge and said, "We'll give you a free one." Oh, that's a bonus. Iowa needs to water their own damn yard. <laughs> I I will not give them an inch on anything. I'm a hardliner against Iowa. So That's why I own a shirt that says build a wall and make Iowa pay. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What next, Greg? Time for predictions. I think so. Is, is it? Why not? We've been, we've been hinting it and teasing it the entire time. So let's get to it. We haven't once made single dice. No, you can edit that out. Nope. Sometimes that happens. My brain just my brain just I think you my brain just my brain just the 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 you know what it is you know when your brain signals to your mouth and they don't work all the time like we're talking to a pretty girl you know no I uh, I John I think you <laughs> I think you highly overestimate how much post production I put into this oh God okay. I guess I better start listening so I can get better. <laughs> That's the spirit. Make championship choices. Hey, jo- okay, yes, John. Just remember who made that comment. It wasn't me. I'm yeah. still your favorite podcaster. I, you are. Yeah, take that, Hoss. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about Dooling Tweety up. and Dance and screw those guys that aren't with us anymore. They can just go to hell. Okay, I got my shots in. Let's go. All right. Uh, you can start then. Why don't you give your uh, your prediction, John? My prediction? Bane. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was actually, I was going to go over to Camp Randall this weekend and shoot the game, but I thought, you know, I'm not, it's not, if you're up in the stands watching them get beat up, it's it's even worse when you have a 400 millimeter lens and you're watching them get beat up. I mean, it's it's just horrible, and it's not fun being on the field when your team when you get great shots of the other team kicking ass. It's no fun, and since I don't really get paid specifically to do photography for somebody, I decided that I'm just going to stay home in the comfort of my home and uh, smoke massive amounts of weeds and. Uh, Watch us beat Wisconsin. All right, because here, here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think that last week the offense did start clicking. I think this team started figuring it out, and I think that Wisconsin, even though this is going to be basically a night drunk ass game for them. Have you guys ever been to Madison? Uh, The the farthest I've been into Wisconsin was about three miles, and we turned around just so we could say we've been to Wisconsin. Okay, well, I've been to two Madison night games, and or, yeah, I watched uh, Melvin Gordon run over us, and then I watched the other one where Taylor Martinez started throwing the ball around, and and we lost. And we, my cousin and I, went to that, 
And we came back to the hotel after the game. We walk into the hotel, and the guy that's at the desk looked at us and goes, what happened to you guys? You were doing fine while you were running the ball. And I'm like, I could kill you with the scissors, you son of a bitch. <clears throat> anyway, but I enjoyed being in Madison. I know that there's a lot of Nebraska fans don't like going into Madison because the students are very aggressive. They come up to you and they go, fuck Nebraska. And people take that offensive. You know, we're, when we're in Nebraska, we, we act like we're going to a church service. So when you say, fuck Nebraska, people go, oh, and I always went, fuck Wisconsin. And then I make all great friends and people buy me alcohol and I buy them alcohol. I really don't because I'm a cheap steak. But, um, and yeah, it was great fun except for the football. I really enjoyed going to Madison. I really enjoyed their football environment. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in that stadium that is amazing. I mean, they don't show it on TV. Do you read? Do you know what the student sections yell at each other, right? Eat shit. Fuck you. Yes. See, and it's like, what the hell is this? The first time you're there, because you know, you hear about jump around and you hear about this other stuff, and suddenly you're there and you're all these students yelling these profanity to each other. And they're like, wow. Anyway. What was I going to say? I love going to Madison. I'm not going. Going to stay home. I'm going to watch this win because I think that we clicked this last week. I think Wisconsin is a team that can score 35 or 38 points on our defense, but not 40. And I think this is the, here's the, what I think happens this week. <clears throat> I think the divine Zigbo continues to beat up defenses. I think he continues to find holes. I think he continues to find ways to get first downs on the ground when they need it most, but not on fourth downs because that inside zone still sucks. What else I think is J.D. Spielman has shown that he's, he's capable of putting up massive yards. Adrian Martinez has shown that he understands that suddenly he can get – he can literally take over a game or he could – literally, you know, make a difference in a game. And there's one guy that we haven't heard from really this year a lot. And he's going to come out this weekend and play. And that is Stanley Morgan, who is probably my favorite player on this team. I think he's going to explode all over Wisconsin this weekend. (laughs) I like it. So Wisconsin 42 to 38. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hoss. You know, earlier today I said I wasn't going to make a prediction. But now and, John uh, Dam Johnston has you all fired up. Yes, John Dam Johnston gave me one hell of a pep talk. I'm going to go with Nebraska 31, Wisconsin 30. Dedrick Young, the scapegoat <laughs> of the past few games. Knocks away a pass intended for Barry Alvarez's grandson, Jacob Ferguson, to preserve the one-point Husker win. And the offensive line does a little growing up. Two really exceptional predictions. It'd be horrible for my blood pressure. Oh, God. I don't even have high blood pressure. Oh, God. Whatever. (laughs) I I, I run hot during games. So well, that just sounds all sexy. <laughs> you know it. We here's the ladies are sliding right into the DMs now. <laughs> yeah, Twitter accounts locked, but uh, uh you know. What could have been? All right, so a couple of really solid predictions. 
I am going to I'm going to lean more John's way. And that's just I mean part of it is because you know I, what he says is gospel truth anyway. Uh but I'm going to say Huskers 45 and Badgers I like that 38. Uh I but I'm going to stay 35. I'm going to say 45 35 Huskers Rafael Gaglianani probably didn't pronounce that right. The tenth year senior, uh, heck of a nice guy. I mean, every Husker fan knows the you know and should respect him, even when he's been a Husker beater. Um, but he he's not he's not going to be on his uh, tip toppy most game. Huskers by ten, forty five thirty five. Hey, Kool Aid was invented at Hastings. I'm drinking it. Fuck off. Wow. Hey, let's get ourselves a W this weekend. Yeah, it'd be nice. All right, that is. It especially, you know what? It'd especially be nice when it seems the darkest. Really, I mean, you know, next week if we lose, it's going to even seem darker. But you know, whatever. Right now, nobody expects us to win this game. I see comments, and you know, I again, I look all over social media, and it, and it's just we we become the whiniest fan base ever. You know what I mean? I get that we don't know what to do when we're losing, but you still need to support your team, stand up and cheer, and say nice things. You know, it's kind of like you're yelling at your kid's soccer team. If you're one of those parents that's out there yelling at your kid's soccer team nasty things, you need to go away and shut up. But maybe you could yell like, "Yay!" That's it. Just yay. Just yay. <laughs> hey, so there, there you have it. If if you are on social media uh, this weekend during the game and you can't think of anything uh, positive to say, just say yay. Cause and don't did. be adding Lamar Jackson, okay? Yeah, don't add yeah. any of the players, period. At us or, you know, my Twitter account's locked, so subtweet me. But Yeah, if you want to take something out on somebody, take it out on Corn Nation on Twitter because, like I said earlier, if you, you know, I'm, I'm still going to dish it out probably, but I can take it to throw it at us. You bastards. Yeah. We're putting our chins out there. And here I'm going to give Hossa the, uh, password to the five heart podcast so that you can, uh, oh, hell yes. yeah. See, so that you can interact with him since his, uh, Twitter's on, on, uh, on lockdown. So that is interact with us there as well. The number five heart podcast. And, uh, uh, for John Dam Johnston, for Haas Reuter, I'm Greg Mahachko reminding you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. Go, Big Red! Let's get after it and win the damn game. Now, Haas, I thought you said earlier in the week that you were going to change it up a little bit. Yeah, I was, but I'm, I'm just I'm fucking riled up right now. All right. WTGG, we're out of here. You know, get, give me the password to that account's like giving marlon brando's character in apocalypse now the nuclear launch codes you know that right that's perfectly fine because we need more followers and that just means that i now have to remember the password or possibly create a new one altogether the horror this is a production of the jittery monkey podcast network for more jittery shenanigans go to jitterymonkey.com. monkey.com